conversation from BAE Systems. Hello and welcome to Our Conversation, the podcast for BAE Systems colleagues across the world. I'm Tim Smith and in this episode, we'll be getting the latest exciting developments from the space domain, plus reflecting on the importance of an inclusive culture and we have a great competition for your chance to win Bose earphones or Apple AirPods, so keep listening. Joining me as always is BAE Systems Chief Executive Charles Woodburn. Charles, welcome to the podcast. Good to speak with you again. How are you? Very well, thanks, Tim. Good to be here again. Now, Charles, it's been a few months since we last caught up, of course, and I understand you've been spending time at a number of sites recently. Well, yes, Tim. I recently had the pleasure of spending time at several of our facilities in New Hampshire in the US with members of our board, where we explored some of the excellent work taking place in the electronic system sector. We went to uh, Nashua and also to the Fast Labs uh, facilities. I also traveled to Sweden to meet with colleagues in our Hagelands team who are doing amazing work developing world-leading combat vehicles. Uh, responding to the increased defense spending in Europe uh, and helping nations defend against their elevated threat levels, after Hagelands we headed south in Sweden to visit the remarkable Bofors team. They've made huge progress on naval guns with some great uh, export successes. Uh, also to see the progress on the Archer self-propelled howitzer and some of the opportunities uh, that that may have uh, internationally. Um, and learn more about the advanced munitions that they provide, some of which are already seeing service uh, in Ukraine. Uh, so overall, it was brilliant to have the opportunity to engage with colleagues across all of these sites and see firsthand the outstanding work that we're doing for our customers. Well, that's clearly great news for you and something you've also clearly enjoyed doing. Also, I hear you've recently had your first face-to-face leadership conference in, what, three years? Yes, you're absolutely right, Tim. Early in October, we brought the top 100 leaders from across the whole group. Uh, They all came together in the US uh, and we explored the progress that we're making on our future priorities. It was the first of these conferences that we've done since before the pandemic. And although we've spent a lot of time engaging online with WebEx and virtual meetings over the past few years, uh, this event really demonstrated just how fundamentally important it is for people to connect in person to help build and strengthen relationships. The main theme of the event was how we're going to elevate our ambitions and accelerate our actions to deliver growth. We spent time exploring our customers and the support they need from us, recognizing that defense is now high on political agendas all around the world. A considerable part of the agenda was focused on people and areas where we could increase our ambitions to create a more positive, inclusive and overall modern working environment for the future. And we need that to ensure we can continue to attract and retain the very best talent. One of the best things to come out of the event is identifying the opportunities to collaborate and share with each other something we'd all like to see more across the group. And you're going to be hearing more about the discussions during this event from your local leaders. Okay, thanks for now, Charles. We'll chat more in a moment. But next, we'll look at an incredibly exciting area of focus for the company, space. Our conversation. Joining us now are Doug Little, CEO of InSpace Missions Limited, and Elizabeth Seward, Head of Strategy Space. Welcome to you both. Doug, now BAE Systems has recently announced that it will launch a cluster of satellites known as Azalea into low Earth orbit in 2024. What will Azalea do and who will benefit? So Azalea is going to be a four satellite cluster. What it will allow us to do is to look in a number of different interesting 
bands from space. And when I say band, I mean you'll be able to look in optical bands, so it'll be able to take images of things on the ground. It will listen in radio frequency bands, so it'll be able to detect if people are using satellite radios or spot a ship radar. And it will also be using synthetic aperture radar, which allows it to actively transmit energy to the Earth and then receive the return from that and work out what's going on, whether it's dark or it's cloudy or whatever. You'll be able to image the Earth's surface with the radar. The, the key here is typically at the moment it can take hours or even days from asking to image something or find out what's going on in an area of the world to getting that information into the hands of somebody who could make a decision based on that. We're trying to bring that whole cycle down to, to minutes. You know, you can obviously see an application towards a defence customer, you know, the ability when you're in theatre to know what's happening over the hill. But also we can apply uh, a lot of the same capabilities to sectors like disaster mitigation. The application set is, is incredibly wide. And describe for us what's special about the technology that Azalea features. So the important thing for us is going to be getting the system up in orbit before anyone else. We're going to be proving capabilities to be able to create that useful information contemporaneously. And this allows you to build this incredibly rich picture. And taking all that data and processing it in orbit, you can then pull apart the data that you've got to find the information that's critical and useful and just bring down that information and deliver it to a user on the ground within minutes of that information being acquired, which is absolutely game-changing. Then you put against that the backdrop of the, the satellites being reprogrammable. It's very much like you've launched a, a smartphone platform and you're writing the apps as you go. So it will launch with a set of key apps that will allow it to do certain things. But as we understand the capabilities of the system and, and as the requirements of the customers change and the, and the world changes over the coming years, we'll be able to adapt the satellites, modify them, so it will give us a really interesting strategic advantage. Liz, we met you at the Farnborough International Air Show earlier this year and you spoke with great enthusiasm, I recall, about the advances in space. And now you can tell us more. So what are the opportunities for BA systems in the space domain? Well, space has uh, been called by NATO the fifth warfighting domain after land, sea, air and cyberspace. And so there's a real focus on it from a, a defence and security perspective. It's particularly important for our intelligence part of defence because it gives you that global picture and that uh, sort of fast access to areas that you just can't get uh, in any other way. Um, in the UK, uh, the government published a national space strategy last year and then a defence space strategy earlier this year. And it's picked up Earth observation as one of the key areas that it needs to uh, prioritise. The governments around the world need to know that they can rely on data. So, so there's this need for this national sovereign secure data to put on top of uh, all the commercial data. And that's really where BAE can play a part. One of the key parts of the Azalea cluster is our software-defined radio, and this is one of those ground-based uh, systems that we have that we're now designing to put up into space, which is what will give the whole cluster that flexibility and that reprogrammable applications. We're not just going to do it alone, though. So we're looking at who do we partner with um, and how do we bring in uh, other technologies and make sure that we have sort of best-in-class in all the areas. That's one of the reasons that we bought In Space Missions last year, um, so that they bring into the BAE family that spacecraft design and manufacturing, but in the new agile way. 
We're partnering with iSize, so they are world-leading SAR, Synthetic Aperture Radar Company. They have a, a constellation of satellites in orbit already, and then they will be building one satellite for our Azalea cluster. But we're going to be longer term looking at what else can we do in the space domain? Where else do we have expertise around the company that we can use for the benefit of space and for our customers? It sounds like these opportunities bring together expertise from right across the group and could potentially benefit customers around the world. Yes, indeed. Space itself is global by nature. Our satellites will travel around the whole world and they'll image the whole globe as it goes round. Our ground stations will be worldwide. And so we're really looking at how can we not just offer solutions to our UK customers, but to other nations that the UK works with. So we'll be looking at those uh, international agreements such as the Five Eyes, AUKUS. There is a UK-Australia space bridge specifically that's been signed to see how that can help benefit other nations. We're really sort of looking on those two angles. How can we use our whole company expertise and then how can we offer those out worldwide to lots of new customers? Liz and Doug, thanks to you both for joining us and we look forward to hearing more about future developments. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Well, Charles, some really interesting and fascinating insights there from Liz and Doug. Why is space so important for the group right now? Well, Tim, absolutely right. And as Doug and Liz have mentioned, space is an increasingly important area of focus for our customers. It's rapidly growing as the next layer of national defence and security. And while we haven't been that well known for our work in space to date, we have decades of experience in developing space technology. What we've been able to do with the acquisition of in-space missions in the UK is combine our highly secure defence-grade space comms technology with in-space missions experience in designing, manufacturing and operating satellites in orbit. And it's enabled us to deliver a really innovative and exciting proposition in Azalea, which will see the launch of our first multi-sensor satellite cluster into low Earth orbit in 2024. And it's exciting to see us leading the way in supporting our customers' space ambitions. Charles, thanks very much. And we've got two more guests to meet next. Our conversation. Joining us now from Virginia in the US is Dana Rickster, Chief Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Officer, BA Systems Inc. Welcome, Dana. Firstly, tell us about your background and time in the company. Uh, I've had the very good fortune of working in multiple businesses and different roles across the organization. In fact, even in different functions, um, I transitioned from procurement and strategic sourcing to human resources and diversity, equity, and inclusion several years ago. So yeah, I've just had a really marvelous time at BAE Systems. And also joining us is Richard Blackmore, Head of Diversity and Inclusion, UK and Rest of World. Richard, welcome to you. I understand you recently joined BAE Systems. So what's your background? I have indeed. Thanks for the welcome, Tim. And hello to Dana as well. My career today has been from more of a legal background. um, And the sectors I've experienced have varied from retail, food manufacturing, uh, and most recently within the defence sector for the previous five years before I joined BAE Systems. My passion for DNI, however, is is quite a personal one, uh, as I've been partially sighted my whole life. So I've gained 35 years of lived experience in this area that, you know, really helps me along the way. Dana, why is diversity, equity and inclusion so important to you and the company? DEI is essential. It's all encompassing. 
It's what's best for our people, our business, and the communities we serve. Uh, we're committed to building diverse teams, cultivating an inclusive culture, and keeping equity front and center as we do so. This is truly essential to the health and sustainability of our business. There's an African proverb that says, if you wanna go fast, go alone. If you wanna go far, go together. And this proverb has really served as a guiding principle for our DEI efforts. I'm really proud of the accomplishments we've made um, and we've come together to achieve them. The fact is that the sky is the limit when employees are represented at all levels enabled to thrive and feel valued and that they belong. So that's really what we're driving toward. Richard, anything you'd like to add to that? For me, it's about that feeling of belonging, which Dana highlighted there, and being able to bring our whole selves to work. Uh, and also thinking much wider than just for us protected characteristics. So being able to look at diversity in terms of creativity or thought, innovation, experience, and also ability. Uh, and, we, and we know that in those inclusive teams feel supported, uh, engaged and able to be their best. They, they respect each other uh, and trust is built. So it creates that inclusive organisation that is therefore high performing, innovative and collaborative. So for me, it is, again, all encompassing and, and a vital part to, to our success in the future. Dana, what sort of DE&I initiatives are Inc working on at the moment? Oh, goodness. We're working on quite a few, um, and they primarily fall under our focus areas of career, culture, um, and accountability and communication. So on the career front, there are a number of different career development opportunities and programs that we offer that to enable everyone to reach their full potential. So things like a mentorship program, a sponsorship program, career coaching, things like that. We're also on the culture front, um, working really, really intentionally to develop inclusive leaders and allies. And we're doing that through our portfolio of DEI education courses, as well as through our employee resource groups. Um, we're also very much focused on mental health and well-being. Um, it's important, particularly in these times. So our, we're really looking to provide practices and resources so that all of our employees can thrive. And then lastly, um, I'm really excited to share that we're releasing our second annual BAE Systems Inc. DEI Impact Report. It's titled Caring for Our People, Culture, and Communities. And uh, the report is part of our ongoing commitment to raise awareness and increase transparency about our DEI efforts while also driving accountability uh, for the achievement of our goals. Now, as we say often on the podcast, these initiatives are nothing without colleagues' engagement. How can people get involved? Our first is, as I mentioned before, employee resource groups. So engage with employee resource groups. Make sure that you are participating in, in the events and connecting with the communities. And uh, the second would be to take a DEI education class. So we have a really robust portfolio of offerings on a wide array of topics that are available to, to all employees, whether you're a people manager or an individual contributor. There's something for everyone. And then third, you know, share your thoughts share your feedback. Richard, what are your priorities when it comes to diversity and inclusion within the business? So we're striving to embed inclusive practices and behaviours into all of our markets. That's a big thing for us, recognising that one size doesn't fit all. 
Um, and we're also looking to build on the great work we've started over the past three years across our functions from an end-to-end -end, uh, within the employee life cycle. So with a focus on attraction, retention and growth activities, including mentoring, inclusive leadership training, uh, and also upskilling our employee resource groups as well. And we acknowledge that we still have a long way to go in understanding how diverse our workforce is today, which is why we continue to engage with our employees on initiatives such as things like self-ID. I understand that you recently marked National Inclusion Week with a video featuring courageous colleagues sharing their experiences about inclusion. We have indeed, and it's a fantastic initiative that we've um, been able to bring to life this year. And I'd personally like to thank everyone involved. OK, well, let's have a listen. I was in the middle of talking and his hand just came up like this. I think my face must have shown a thousand words of shock and anger. I've never had anyone do that to me. Nothing gets worse than someone hating you for who you are, that you can't change. There's only so long you can feel terrible and shut in. Throughout my time with BAE Systems, I've learned uh, how important it is to be a part of an inclusive environment where you have the freedom to be yourself and give your best. Richard, what reaction did you get to that video? Uh, the feedback's been really, really positive, and many other colleagues have also engaged in conversations as a result. It was extremely brave for Thomas, Joshua, Nikita, Alex, Florence and Maram to share their stories, and colleagues have also shared how much they appreciated this as well. I do, however, want to really stress the importance of keeping those conversations going throughout the year and not just for Inclusion Week. And Charles, as you mentioned earlier, inclusion was one of the topics on the agenda during a recent leadership conference. Yes, it was, Tim. And uh, we showed uh, the actually moving video during the leadership conference that featured employees sharing their own personal stories of inclusion and specifically times that they'd felt excluded. And it was incredibly powerful to hear directly from colleagues about those experiences, the, the good and the bad. It stimulated a lot of discussion about the role we play as leaders in setting the tone and ensuring that people have all the support that they need. So I would also echo Richard's thank you to Tom, Maram, Josh, Nikita, Alex and Florence for sharing their honest reflections. I sincerely hope this video encourages others to have open conversations about how it feels to work in our company and any actions that we can take to make our environment more inclusive for everyone. Finally, Richard, can you tell us how people across the business can get involved in supporting BAE's DNI agenda? Yeah, of course. So Dana's given some prime examples previously, but there are so many ways that people can get involved through DNI training, thinking about everyday inclusion and also supporting those around you, using the Speak Up tool if something isn't right, and get involved in employee resource groups and company activities as well. Okay, Richard, Dana, thanks very much indeed for joining us. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you. Now to our great competition for your chance to win one of three sets of either Bose earphones or Apple AirPods. All you have to do is answer this question. What is the cluster of satellites BAE Systems will launch into space in 2024 known as? And if you've been listening very carefully to this podcast, you'll have heard the answer earlier. All you have to do is email your answer to our conversation at baesystems.com. That's our conversation at baesystems.com. And we'll announce the three lucky winners on our next show. Well, that's nearly it for this podcast. Before we close, Charles, what will you be focusing on over the next few weeks? 
Well, Tim, the focus for me is on concluding our quarterly business reviews and integrated business planning, the IBP as we call it, across all of our sectors. This is in preparation for our strategy review with the board in November, as we do every year, and our 2023 objective setting. I recognize it's an incredibly busy time across the organization as we approach the final push to deliver our year-end commitments. And I'd like to thank all of you for your hard work and outstanding efforts. Thanks, Charles. We'll be back soon with more news and insight from across the BAE Systems community. Until then, from Charles Woodburn and me, Tim Smith, it's thanks for listening and goodbye. Our conversation back next month.